Hello, how are you? Welcome along to the podcast. Appreciate you being here, hitting on that button. Thank you as ever to the sponsors as well, Bang Olufsen of Cheltenham and Serene AV, who are specialists in some of the finest home entertainment brands, providing solutions based around high quality customer service and installations. Check out Bang Olufsen Cheltenham website, B&O underscore Cheltenham on Twitter and Instagram, particularly some cool videos on Instagram around the latest Bang Olufsen equipment, headphones, audio speakers, so on and so forth. But through that company, Serene AV, the sister company run by Jason Briggs in the courtyard in Montpellier here in the heart of Cheltenham, they can source you whatever home entertainment solution you're looking for, whatever big screen, whatever brand fits your needs, your budget, worth getting in touch with Jason and his team just to have a kind of consultation about what might work best for you if you're looking for something bigger in terms of home entertainment. We're still kind of relatively homebound in the UK, aren't we? Things are opening up. Classically, the weather isn't exactly suited for al fresco dining with the rain and the wind and the chilly air temperatures. But nonetheless, we persevere. It's brilliant walking through Cheltenham last night and seeing people actually not far from Bangalore and Cheltenham, people out in the courtyard and out on the side of the street, a place called the Ivy in Montpellier there, just sat out in coats. There's a few heaters around, but people persevering, braving the conditions to have some socializing outside, eat some dinner outside. So it's pretty cool that people are, are, are kind of carry on nonetheless, despite the inclement conditions. Just a shame it wasn't like this this time, or we weren't able to uh, kind of go out this time last year, because actually we had a much sunnier, warmer spring last year. But hopefully it bodes well for June, my 40th birthday next month. Uh, hopefully be good weather for that. Trying to lift my spirits as I head towards that landmark. Uh, but thank you for hitting on the button. Thank you to Bang Olufsen Cheltenham. Thank you as well to Cytoplan, food-based supplement company for their association with the podcast. And remember, if you're looking to optimize your immunity, big fan of the immune complete range in particular, sort of holistic multivitamin, vitamin, you might call it, if you're in the States or Australia or Canada. But it is uh, something that has all the vitamin D3 we need, B12, vitamin C, rounded supplement that my father has, has worked down the years with Cytoplan, my father being a doctor and nutritionist, Dr. Mark Draper. And he's got the trace elements, which he's a big advocate for that we need in our diets, need to supplement our diets with particularly selenium and zinc, things that he's talked about for a, a few decades now. And the argument is the soil's depleting even more in those trace elements because of over farming. So big fan of the immune complete range with everything in there. And there's obviously specific supplements available at cytoplan.co.uk, whatever your needs are, whatever you're looking to enhance in terms of your health and well-being, and you can get a 30% discount off your initial purchase, 10% thereafter with the code DRAPER10R. So if you go to cytoplan.co.uk, C-Y-T-O-P-L-A-N.co.uk, it's DRAPER10R, my last name, all capital letters, D-R-A-P-E-R, the numbers one zero, and the capital letter R. This is kind of a really cool podcast that's come together through the, I guess, the positive powers of, of modern connection. David Karasak, who, like me, was at the London Olympics. I was commentating and announcing on boxing, but he was actually competing in swimming up against the greats like Michael Phelps, the greatest Olympian of all time. But he's since transitioned into being a sports psychologist and positive mind coach, educated in the United States as well, multilingual, so puts me to shame, fantastic English, as well as French and German as a native of Switzerland. And he spoke to me from Zurich, just about mindset and positivity, because one thing that sometimes scares me about the modern culture, when we have some really candid conversations about equality and things maybe not being open and perhaps things that are still not completely right and fair in society, 
but it's that sense of empowerment that I think that we maybe have lost sometimes in the conversation that we can make changes in our own life to impact our environment and to impact our circumstances. So this is, I think, hopefully an upbeat and constructive conversation with a very upbeat character, former Olympic swimmer turned sports psychologist, works with a lot of elite athletes now across the board, talks about billiards player here, actually, which is fascinating, um, but really enjoyed the time uh, from Zurich with David Karasek. David Karasek, welcome to the podcast. Really appreciate your time uh, from Switzerland this morning. Good to see you. How are you feeling? Thanks for having me, Ed. Wonderful. We're having a fantastic day. Already had breakfast on the balcony. My girlfriend and I moved into our new apartment here in Zurich, and uh, we absolutely love it. How are you, man? Yeah, I'm well. I'm well, it's funny, before we started recording, we were just talking about that, the pros and cons of of what yeah. we've been forced into over the past 12 months. But this is certainly a positive that perhaps we wouldn't have even thought about doing a conversation before because it, you wouldn't have been in London or I wouldn't have been in Switzerland. Whereas now, I think we've been forced into the modern world. And it's it, this is a this is a real positive of it, isn't it? Being able to speak to, to people across the world. Yeah, I would agree. And it's all about seeing the opportunity, right? And I'm I'm not going to lie, when COVID first hit, I was on the side, oh, like, oh, no, oh, my God. <laughs> you know, like, I'm the offline kind of guy. I need to see my clients. And um, it, it took a while until my business coaches told me, like, thank God they did. It's like, look, David, it's not going to go away. Mm. And you have that, that choice, right? And then all of a sudden, we flipped the switch, the mindset switch to, seeing the opportunity and then uh yeah took off from there so i think yeah it's a double-edged sword <laughs> yeah have you, have you found yourself more in demand at this time because as you say you're a mindset coach and there's been so much noise so much distraction so much negativity has this been a time when you when your clients have, have relied upon you more um i wouldn't say it's because of covid though i just think it feels that way to me because now we're like connected all around the world. You know, yeah. like it is literally, you put something out, a video or or like a training and you have people joining from like four continents. You know, this is so <laughs> cool. I think that's what it is. It's like, it's just that the message is, it's easier for it to find its way to the people that want what you have. It's fascinating to me because I, I'm a sports presenter and reporter and I worked at the London 2012 Olympics where you competed very well with I know, setting a national record for Switzerland as well in, the, in those Olympics. But do people come to you now because of the YouTube videos, because of the motivational stuff, rather than your background? Does your background support your work as a, as a mindset coach? How do you see that interplay? Because ex-athletes sometimes struggle to find a new identity but you seem to have really embraced one but it's not completely removed from your past identity it seems a continuation is is that right yeah but it's also i would say that okay i think now i really know what i want but it's not always been like that right so it, like the journey to where i am now it's been not smooth sailing let's say like mm. i went into banking and you know tried the corporate world and then like you know did some mm. other stuff so it wasn't like smooth sailing but I feel like, you know, I became, I think, 27th in the Olympics in London. What, wow. By the way, what sport did you comment? I was, I was, in, the, I was in London Excel at the boxing. The bo when oh, Anthony cool. Joshua won the, the gold medal in the heavyweight oh. was a sort of crowning moment for, for Great Britain anyway. There was lots of other great athletes from around the world. But yeah, that was a little, a little kind of bubble. And, and the aquatic center was, was pretty special as well. I remember seeing that on a tour. It was a great venue. Yeah, especially like for a swimmer, like imagine usually like the pool is quite, uh, there's not a lot of spectators and at the Olympics, I mean, I think there was like 10,000 people there, you know, that was, mm. and it was, it was boiling. So the atmosphere was really good. But what I was going to say is that, you know, when you become 27th, it's like, 
usually people don't even remember number two. They remember Michael Phelps and, mm. you know, maybe Ryan Lochte and, you know, whoever sets a world record. But then the other guys, they're not really that well remembered. So I think, you know, the background is good to have and it, it is what it is, basically. But I wouldn't say that it's something that, you know, that I would brag about or, you know, <laughs> that people wouldn't know me because of that. Not at all. I think it's just... And we're so much more than just like a number in the world, right? So yeah. I mean, that was, and that's really what you're talking about with the identity. Like we just have to realize that we are so much more than whatever, however we define ourselves through the sport. Would you, you, you Yeah, I agree. You're very humble though. And what's interesting, I have these conversations because I'm a football fan. One of my friends and my brothers and I sit there, we watch games and they'll say, oh, so-and-so is crap. Look at him. What's he doing? I say to him, you realize that that person was the best player in their school, the best player in their village or town, arguably the best player in their county up until a certain age, but they are the, the creme de la creme. And actually, you, you're the same, that you're one of the best swimmers in Switzerland. So when people try and judge you from afar, from their couch, it's quite interesting, isn't it, that, that you know, your level was, was an elite level. And yet sometimes we say it's only Phelps or Lochte who we should talk about. Yeah, but then on the other hand, right, I'm the same, like in boxing. It's, I mean, look, <laughs> this is just human nature, right? We're not, I'm, yeah. I'm not kidding myself. It's also in other sports, I just know the top, like in running, I know Usain Bolt. Yeah. But then, like, who's second after that? I mean, I don't, I don't know, really. <laughs> well, when you look back at your career, do you feel like there are aspects that you know now that would have helped you in, in swimming, the, the mindset stuff? Do you, were you on that at the time, or is it something that, that you've become aware to since you've retired? Oh, Ed, that's why I'm doing all that stuff. That's why I love it so much because there really is a lot of things that I had no freaking idea about, like, like nada, zip. For mm. example, having a big dream. Man, I didn't have a big dream. I may, might have, well, I had one as a little kid, but then, you know, the people around me told me, well, become real, be realistic, uh, go to school and we'll see you later. We'll see you later. And mm. I wasn't like, laughed at in my face but still like you know the, the dream went away and I always thought along the lines what's realistic for me because when you think realistic you already know how you can reach the goal and you don't get disappointed basically and yeah. uh, that that was huge man and now I know I you just look at the world's best athletes business people and all these people they have like two things in common it's like one they have a big dream and two is that they believe that they can have the dream before it has happened and, and I didn't have that. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that interplay between dream and realism is fascinating, isn't it? Because with my genetics, I don't think I could be an NBA player. You know, I'm, I'm six feet tall. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not seven feet tall. I'm, and I'm not, I haven't got explosive mu sort of muscle twitch fibers. But how does that work? Is it about finding a dream that you know in your heart that you can achieve? Because what were the coaches saying to you? They were saying, what, that Michael Phelps is untouchable. You can't stop him. He's the greatest Olympian of, of all time. And you should just try and get... I don't know the best place finish you can is that is that what they were talking you down a little bit well i wouldn't i wouldn't even blame like the coaches or anything so as a kid i would just say that the way i was raised it wasn't to think i'm going for olympic gold like mm -hmm. it wasn't like the american way you know it was more like yeah you go to school you have other priorities and so on so but then later on it was actually the coaches i remember i was, was in the states in, for college from 2008 to 2012 before the olympics and it was my coach who said hey by the way you're super close at making the Olympic time to qualify. You know, why don't you go for it? And I'm like, yeah, why not? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> it was actually like supportive, but I would just say that, yeah, you got to know in your heart what you really want. And 
like if you think about it, this is really interesting to think about. And that sets us apart from, from animals. And this is what I work with. It's like with the law of attraction and creation. Like look at around you in your studio. Literally everything that you see was created by human beings. So first, if I have a pen in front of me, that pen existed as an idea, just a thought first. Mm-hmm. And with time, it moved into physical form, right? Yep. The microphone that we're using, somebody had an idea, a thought, and with time that moved into physical form. And animals can't do that. And Michael Jordan, he had a dream to be the best basketball player in the world before mm-hmm. it has happened. And with time, he moved it into physical form and he won all these NBA championships. So I think that's what it is. It's like, you gotta have a dream, a big dream. You gotta believe in yourself and you gotta hang out and nurture that dream as much as you can because it's literally the same as going to the gym. What yeah. happens if you go once a month? <laughs> Not much. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Consistency. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, the nature nurture is interesting though, isn't it? Cause Michael Phelps I'm sure was, was very dedicated, but he had great physiology for swimming. Didn't he? I understand that. What was it? His wingspan is the size of his hands and feet were, were perfect for the sport. Where does that lie? Is it, when we set our goal, do we have to know our best aptitudes, our best skills? How do you look at that? Nah, man, we, I mean, we don't know like that as kids, right? We have no idea what's going to happen. So, no. I, and, and you, you know, they say Michael Phelps, when he won these old eight gold medals in Beijing, it was right. I mean, mm. what an accomplishment and nobody has done that after him, but you know, his world records, they're dropping like flies. They're, yeah. they're fast. They're swimming faster than him. Now, not that nobody has done eight gold medals in one Olympics, but the swimming itself has gotten faster. So and, you know, these people might not have such a long wingspan or might have shorter uh, feet or whatever. So I, I think this is just our mind, like coming up with excuses why it doesn't work for me. Oh, I have small feet. Oh, my hands are not as big. Oh, you know, that, that's yeah. what I, I feel like about this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Though. So you, you, you have to have the big dream. But then what do you do that in terms of goal settings? You sent me a great video of yourself with some palm trees on a beach and it was about goals and about dreaming big and then is the key and I know this was something you don't want to give away all your trade secrets but is it about breaking that goal down into steps is it sort of having a distant destination and then the the first destination en route to where you're going yeah I what I think and this is and why I feel so confident Ed about this knowledge is and I can almost brag about it because it's not let's not kid ourselves it's not my knowledge you know, it's knowledge of people that have come before us. And they, for example, Bob Proctor, he's known from The Secret. Mm. Um, do you, are you familiar with him? With I've, I'm familiar with, the, I haven't actually read the full book, but I've read extracts and I've, I've spoken to quite a few people about that. A lot of people are, are big believers in that. And some people are as, as skeptical as, as people are. It's a, it's interesting. And I'm always open-minded about these things. So I'm, I'm happy to sort of uh, entertain both both sides of the argument. Yeah. And, and, you know, he's 87 and he's spent his entire life studying the most successful people, let's say, right. And he's really worked with big, big, big names. And, and what he's saying is that it's literally like, you know, if you go, people think that if they dream once a month, that's really what I'm seeing. It's like, they, oh yeah, I have a dream. And I ask him, or like, let's take athletes. Look, let's take athletes. I asked him a question. That's how I got to my business idea. Basically. It's like, how much of your performance do you think is mental? And they'll give me a number between like 60 and 98%. And I ask him, okay, what do you do every day to study the mind, to train the mind? And then there's a long gap. There's a pause, <laughs> right? Like, so they yeah. train to the, to the point of exhaustion, of injury. They, they eat right. They try to get a lot of sleep. They make the social sacrifices. 
and I do everything as possible, you know, get, but for the mind, they do nothing. And the mm -hmm. mind is the, is if you can't see it in the mind, it's not going to happen for you. You're only as strong as you believe you're uh, only as strong as you believe. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. as you believe basically. So if you change the belief that you hold about yourself, all of a sudden you'll start to attract these things. You got to rely on, learn to rely on yourself, like learn to trust your intuition and the right things in life will come. The right people will come. The opportunities will present itself. You just got to be open to how it's going to happen. Yeah, the difference there is you, you say the dream and then you say the belief. There's a difference there, isn't it? Because a lot of us have dreams of what the perfect life may look like, but we don't, we say it to our friends and our wives and our girlfriends, and we say it in a sense of this would be in an ideal world, this would, this would happen, but actually we don't necessarily believe that we can get there. Is that a distinction that you draw with your clients that perhaps they don't believe that that dream is a reality? Yeah, that's huge, man. And Ed also, and I, I've learned that from my other mentor who's William Whitecloud from the Natural Success Academy. Like, you know, if audience and you went interested in that, I highly recommend just checking out, you know, there's books and articles like how this stuff works. And what you're finding is that a lot of people, they do have a dream, as you say, but they focus on fixing themselves. They think that there's something wrong with them that they mm. don't have something. They have to get that first before they can be successful because before they can have it. And that condition is never satisfied because it never comes. Yeah. Yeah, I was listening to- That is huge. I was listening to a fascinating podcast with a, a psychotherapist and she'd worked for 40 years. I'm sorry, I forget her name now, but she was saying modern culture, she fears because she feels like people see their mindset and mentality, their brain as something that's unavoidable. If they're depressed, it's something they need to fix with a pill. It's not something that you can control to a certain extent. Is that the, the, the key at the heart of what you're saying in a sense that actually we can take ownership for our lives. We can take ownership for our mindset. We can be more positive. We can dream because that for me is, is empowering where sometimes a lot of messages around us at the moment can be disempowering. Yeah, man, I got to listen to that episode. You got to send it. Yeah, to I, me, will, I will. I will. I will. It was on them. It's on, um, it it on a podcast, I believe called the art of charm, which is two American chaps, but it was, yeah, it's a good, it's a good podcast. Actually. It's interesting about just taking, taking charge of, of who you are and, and your interactions. Yeah. And we're so we're, we're such powerful human beings. I mean, look again, like I've come back to the creation, just look around like we, human beings, animals fit into the environment. They blend in, they feel at home. They have sharp senses and instincts. Mm. We human beings, if I dropped you off on an island or myself, like we wouldn't probably do so well, depending on what kind of animals are there. And, you know, like it's not, Yeah. but we, we have the skills to literally create our own environment. Like we learn how to fly. We, so many inventions, you know, that we're literally yeah. creating and that's all coming from the mind and it starts with you like using the imagination and your thoughts and and nurture that you know and that will yeah it will move into physical form it's like it's one of these laws it's like gravity we're familiar with gravity but we weren't always familiar with gravity if you think of a baby mm -hmm. if you have a cliff that drops off 100 meters if you mm -hmm. and i stand on a cliff we know we have to be careful if we take one more step we fall and we die mm -hmm. but if a baby is crawling there like, it'll, you know, it'll just continue to crawl and fall and be dead because it hasn't developed the awareness yet. Yeah, yeah. And with gravity, it's like we feel it with the five senses because we it hurts when we fall on our ass. But there's <laughs> other laws like, you know, on the quantum physics level, like the vibration, the energy and, and the law of attraction is like we can't see it with or we can't feel and hear it with our five senses. And so 
it is a bit like further away, but that doesn't mean that it's not true. And so, you know, it's good to, to, to learn about these laws and try to be in harmony with them and, and make them, you know, they work if you believe it or not. It's just like gravity. The, mm. If you believe it or not, it doesn't matter. It's, it's just going to do what it does. <laughs> And you could you could change your mind, can't you? Change your thought patterns. It's interesting this idea of neuroplasticity because, as I understand it, up to 40, 50 years ago, they thought you were kind of fixed as an adult in your beliefs and your, uh, I guess, self-assessment, your your self-esteem. But actually, you can change a lot of that with your thought, can't you? There is there is an active part as you're talking about there, the manifesting positivity in your mind and changing the way you are when you wake up every day. You can work on that a bit, like you can work on your body in terms of building muscle. Yeah, it's exactly the same. It's your subconscious mind that is running all your habits and your subconscious mind. Like, think about this, your subconscious mind. When you come to the planet as a baby, you don't have a thinking mind yet, right? We, we mm. don't think it. And the baby is actually in a hypnotic status. Like the brain is in, in hypnosis until it's about four or five years old. Mm. And that means the subconscious is wide open. And if a baby is growing up in Japan, it'll learn Japanese. If it's growing up in the <laughs> UK, it learns um, UK English, if it's grown up in Italy, it will learn Italian, right? The baby, it's what it learns through repetition. If it's in Japan, it will love rice. If it's in the UK, it will love uh, fish, fish and chips. chips. <laughs> yeah. Or, 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 Indi or, or Indian curry now is a big one. Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> in London, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but you get, you get the point. It's like it, it, the subconscious learns through repetition and it does take a bit of time. And what you can do is you can use your thinking mind your imagination, your thoughts to impress the image that you want up on the subconscious. But here's the thing. People think they intellectually understand something and then they think they have internalized it and they're, they're wondering and they're getting confused why they don't get the results because they intellectually understand it, but they haven't internalized it. Mm. And like it's, you can compare it with if you want to learn how to swim freestyle, you can watch all the YouTube videos on the planet of <laughs> Michael Phelps and how to, how to swim freestyle. As long as you don't go to the pool and practice, what's going to happen? Nothing, right? Yeah, yeah. You, take, you have to take action. Exactly. You have to take action. So you have to do that every day. You have, to, you have to train the mind. You have to hang out with your dream every day. And that's how you nurture it. And that's how you move it into physical form. So and, and that's really the thing. It's like about consistency. It's about not getting sidetracked. And, and yeah, that, that's what it is. That's a trick. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. It's not so, difficult. But so, sidetrack's an interesting one and focus, isn't it? How have you found yeah. the modern world is a challenge to us humans because we've got this constant connectivity? Is it, The wonder of modern world is that you and I are speaking now from, from Zurich to Cheltenham in the west of England where I am. But actually, there are times in the day when we're getting... 200 whatsapp messages you're getting emails galore i read the other day that some, that some people spend three hours a day sending emails and you, you kind of think it, it focuses is almost more paramount than it's ever been in terms of realizing those dreams isn't it yeah i would say so what's your what's your like best tip on or what what's your go-to methods and tools to stay focused I'll be really candid that I've really struggled the past 10 years because I've never had problems with alcohol or drugs. I've been quite disciplined with that. I've never been a, an athlete per se, but I've always exercised. I've been quite disciplined about that. I have found the smartphone 
very difficult to handle in terms of there's a sort of a dopamine rush, that addictivity of, of checking yeah. messages. And I, for me, I, I often just try and take a break from it every day. I'll go for a walk. I'll leave the phone at home. I try and discipline myself to certain times a day. I won't look at it and not fear if I'm not getting back to someone, just lose that, you know, that sense of, because I work odd hours. So I, I work often late at night and, and weekends and, and other people then want to contact you on my time off. And I just have to sometimes take a beat and, and get back to people when I, when I sit down and focus on it. And I try and use the laptop more now than I do my phone, if, if you see what I mean, for emails and things like that, rather than constantly try and reply to people when you're on the move. I try and allow specific time to do that in a, in a sort of focused way, if that makes sense. Yeah, man, that's 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 great. I think I I also like I struggle with it, and it's also like with the phone. It's like almost uh, if I don't look at it for half an hour, I'm like, you know, who 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 is written to me? You know, when I'm honest, yeah. I know might might be exaggerating a bit, but I also think it's cool if we can be honest about it and not kid ourselves. Because the first step, I guess, if we want to change it and become better, is to admit and say, hey, I think I do have a problem, or I think I'm yeah. You know, yeah oh it's it's it, the struggle it, is real <laughs> it's getting, getting people to call you out on it i don't know if you find this because my daughter is now six and as you say she's just coming into that i guess more more aware phase but she'll say to me daddy put your phone down and you know what are you doing daddy you know look at me and, and I'm, I'm in the play park you know kind of be aware of what you're doing and, and, and my wife will you know my wife is a very present person naturally she's not someone who worries about the future or the past she's very focused and she's she's good at, at not looking at her phone so i think with those two on my case it, it helps a bit and sometimes you need those those truths from people close to you i think yeah that's very good and then yeah that is very good and you know i have i have one of my limiting beliefs so when you're saying your wife is very present i admire that and that's something i'm working on because i have this one belief inside of me that's like i'm not good enough right and mm. i know that i have it and it doesn't mean much about me basically but still like because i have it I always feel like I can do more and I'm working about, you know, my girlfriend is also saying, why can't you just like not think she admires that I always think, but mm -hmm. she's also saying like, just shut down. And I'm like, yeah, all right. well, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll really try because I see that if I'm with my thoughts often in the future, not in the past, because I'm just telling myself I can't change the past, but I think I can shape the future. So my thoughts are in the future, <laughs> which is the same thing. I'm not present, right? Yeah, yeah. You're not really living life in a sense, are you? You're outside of the stream of life, which is is a strange state. It's a quite fatiguing state as well. Exactly. So see, it's, we all we all have something good to work on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I totally agree. That's something that I'm I'm really thinking about being product, productive and, and focused in a way. And sometimes focus is is being is being in in the moment. And it's if you got any other people that inspire you? I've listened to Tony Robbins in the past. It's interesting. My dad actually apparently listened to him when he was a young man as well. In terms of yeah. getting inspiration, and he said some great stuff. I listened to him on a podcast called The School of Greatness with oh. a fellow American, Lewis Howes, and, and 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 Robbins this past week was saying. Look, what he worries about in the world now is that is the sense of blame that that everything is out of your control that people have stopped you that your past what your mum said to you what your dad said to you whatever it was is limiting you and he was going into detail about his own upbringing saying people assume it was idyllic and it, it wasn't at all i was you know i was abused as a kid and etc cetera, etc cetera. and he says but i can't let that define me now and i think that was that was powerful as well taking that responsibility not to say that people shouldn't draw attention to wrongs that are done in society but i do worry sometimes that we we get fatalistic and we say that this is determined i can't help it is that something you work with with your clients that they can break through those ideas yeah i mean that that is huge and the way i've i've learned this and that was like the light bulb for me went off like so like the probably the biggest light bulb in terms of personal development was 
that when we come to the planet as a baby or when we're in the womb, we don't know that we're different from mom and from dad and anything else for a matter of fact. And mm -hmm. over the course of the first five years is when we develop separation because we develop our individual experience, like awareness that we're here with an individual experience. Yeah. And that's when those limiting beliefs, like I don't belong, I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough, I need to be perfect. These things happen because say, for example, if your mother, my mother didn't breastfeed me because she couldn't. And mm -hmm. that for some, you know, as a baby, you're like lacking, I guess, I can't remember that, of course, but like you're lacking physical connection. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And you're in some kind of pain and you make up a reason why am I in pain and you come up with a limiting belief. It's like, oh, I'm not worthy or I, I don't belong here. Right. And mm. so and these develop and then we have them and we all have them to some extent. Some are more prominent and others less but and we have compensating ten tendency for that so if, you, if i feel like i'm not good enough i'm always trying to chase certificates i'm always trying to do mm -hmm. more because i'm never good enough right mm. and when you can shine light on those limiting beliefs and say oh i see the compensating tendencies that i have and it's like you just say okay we all have them to some extent like it's absolutely normal i don't need to fix myself it is what it is you understand where it comes from then you can take the power away. You can just acknowledge it and say, okay, thanks. I see the warning. I see all that. And now I want to do this. And then yeah. you listen to your heart and you actually do what you really love to do instead of trying to fix what you, how you think you're not whole or not complete. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. That destination culture, if you, if you achieve this, everything will be okay. And I think that's interesting because I can empathize with that and working with elite athletes and mixing sometimes with with quote unquote famous people you realize there is often and people in the public perceive these people as as somehow they should be happier but actually they've often got that need to achieve to compensate for something which can be good they've obviously turned it into a positive in their in their life to an extent but it's not really a positive unless you can enjoy that success and i think and something you, you you allude to there about chasing different things that can be an issue can't it? especially as you get older and your life gets more complicated i'm a father now you don't have the energy to to do this course and that course you actually have to to focus more and i bet it was a bit like swimming and in theory you could swim all day but that's not going to make you great for a, a swimming meet that's going to make you exhausted so it's sometimes in life it's about you know i guess to use a boxing phrase boxing clever isn't it you have to harness your energy and be realistic about how much energy you have and it, i suppose it's all tied up with focus but do you work with your clients about that it's not about how much work you do it's the quality of the work yeah absolutely i mean i would i would sign that if you gave if you gave me a, if you gave me that on a piece of paper i would sign that immediately it's I mean, it's huge. This is this is huge. We and and for some reason, yeah, I don't I don't know really know. It's just programming where it comes from, like that we think we have to do more. And I mean, look, let's take money. I mean, the the view a lot of people view money is like I have to work hard to make money. But yeah. like, look at the look at the richest people in the world, man. They don't have. They're never in a hurry. They're always relaxed. They have so much freedom. They have so much time. So mm, yeah you know like or i have a billiards player and he was always saying billiards is a hard game it's a difficult <laughs> it's hard for me it's hard and i'm i just told him like how about we it's just fun. fantasize a little bit if you just start to think billiards is easy for me mm. it is flow for me like this is what i'm born to do like this is easy for me and his game changed you know it's just a different perspective mm. 
Do, do you work mainly with sports people or is it is it business people now? I know that, that you have the, the sports connection, obviously. Yeah, it's um, almost exclusively pro athletes. But I do from time to time, if it's related to sports, like we're working on a project with um, or developing with Under Armour, for example. So if that, you know, if it's something with sports around sports, I, I think that interests me also. But usually mm. I just do pro athletes. And sports is tough, isn't it? Because there's, there's there's only ever one winner, so it's it's hard. But it puts pressure on you, I suppose. Is it is it about progress? Is that the key? Just feeling like you're progressing. That's a good question, Ed. This is what look when I one of my goals is I I think an end result. So I choose the end result. I do that every day mm. uh, of mentoring the world's most inspiring athletes. And I tell you why I picked inspiring and not the best is because I see sport as this beautiful platform for change, for inspiration, for contribution, right? Mm. And, and I, I just feel like if, if somebody is chasing a dream that they have in that process, they're going to be the best version of themselves because they're going to attract other people. They're going to be magnetic because they know where they're going. They're confident about it. They know that when they're the best version of themselves, that they want to give back, that they want to inspire. So it's just like the whole, whole package. And you can be a super good athlete, but can be a shitty husband, for example. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so true. for me, and, and so for me, that's, that's what I, that's what's coming in my, when I close my eyes in my imagination, that's what's coming for me. So I, I choose to work with the most inspiring and it doesn't have to be the tiger voices of, of the, of the world, to be honest. Yeah. You want to be consistent across all, all platforms, don't you? It's uh it's an, it's yeah, it's an interesting conundrum that with sports people as well, because they have to be often quite, selfish to a sense would you say because they can't live the rounded life that we live they have to they've got young children and a lot of athletes wait until they've finished their career to, to have children because there's a there's a demand there isn't there on, on a, whether you've got a partner or children there's an energy demand that that actually athletes sometimes have a singularity of focus yeah that's right and i mean you know when when one of the athletes that came to me is like about the the sport life balance and, I, you know, if he, ha he has a big dream, it's like, dude, what kind of balance do you want? You got like four more years, you know, like you go for it now. You really lean into it. You do it. And then after that, you do everything else. Right. But it's yeah. actually, you know, work life balance. It's also like this, like one of these fancy terms. But when you look at like really high achievers and people that have no regrets, is that they for a period of time they will lean into. I mean, generally speaking, they will lean into something that actually mm. get off balance but then they'll go on the other side, like, you know, and, and, and focus back. So, and it, cause yeah, I guess you, you gotta make the sacrifice. You gotta know what you want. What Se you really seasons want. of life. Yeah. Seasons of life. Yeah, like sport, exactly. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Would you mm. also, would you agree with that? Yeah. Like an off season and a season where you have to, there's parts of my time. I remember around the Olympics actually sort of working 30 days straight doing different things. And actually that was a, a formative time for my sports broadcasting career. And it, it, the opportunities were there. There was, there was no, there's never going to be another Olympics in London, probably in my lifetime. So it was, yeah, you had to, you had to work. And I think, and then, but then there are times when you, you feel like you need to rest and have a break. And, and that's, that's an important thing, isn't it? Is, is rest and recuperation. Yeah. And, and that's a very good point. That's because without that, I mean, you, you're, you're ticking time bomb if you don't do that. Right. So mm. you, you got to do that. You got to learn to listen to yourself. And, and then when you get an intuition about something, then listen to it and don't let the, I'm not good enough. I got to do more, you know, let that govern your life. Like listen to what your heart is saying, listen to your body and all that. And I think that's, 
in the end of the day, it all comes down to raising your awareness of what's going on. Mm. Yeah. And what about David? Quickly, I know you've got another, you've got clients coming up and I really appreciate your time. But one thing, because I started this podcast, and it's fascinating because you're, you're someone who's very similar in the sense that you're applying sporting principles and lessons to real day life and how you're coaching people in life, including sports people. And this podcast was began called Sport and Life because I, as someone is 39 now, I think I was 36, 37 when I started this podcast, it was like, what are the lessons? I'm obsessed with sports still at a time when, you know, athletes are retiring. What, what is it for me? What can I learn? And, and one of the things I come back to that I hear quite a lot from, from top people, top managers, top coaches is, you know what? you have to retain a certain level of emotion, balance, emotional balance, win or lose, never too high, never too low. And that feels like something that I think is applicable to life because I don't know if you feel that, that I, at some points in my life, I've been devastated by setbacks at work. And I think actually in retrospect, or I get too high about certain breakthroughs, actually you do need to have a, a level, a level within not, you don't, you shouldn't not celebrate things, but you shouldn't get carried away sometimes. What's your thoughts on that? Oh, this is gold, man. This is gold. Mm. Uh, I would, what I've, so again, this is how I was taught and it has helped me like so much is that the thoughts and feelings, they are real in a sense that when we're sad, we feel sad. When we feel euphoric, we feel euphoric, but mm. they are very subjective and they are just based on our past experience. So in a sense, the thoughts and the feelings that we have in any given moment, they're not a representation of the truth. And so I absolutely agree with you. I mean, you know, like if you have a devastating loss in sports, it, I mean, it's just what you make of it. And mm. so, yeah, if we go in hiding and if we're sad for like weeks or months, you're not doing yourself a favor. No. <laughs> right. And not learning. So absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. And if you, if you, you shouldn't get too excited about winning a, a running race in the village versus if you come second to Usain Bolt, that's probably more commendable. It's an interesting, yeah, it's an interesting how you interpret things and how you learn from things and setbacks. Well, look, David, great to speak to you. They're really inspiring to me. And it's great to, to know you're out there doing this kind of work. And I think these are areas, as I say, I've been fascinated in and going a little bit beyond my day job, which is, is as a sports broadcaster is what was the last game? What's the next game? You're often in that, that flow of questions where you don't get much insight, but these conversations are, are powerful but how can people connect with you as well and, and learn more from you because i know you've got some fantastic videos online too yeah the easiest way is if you go on that tribe of athletes.com and you'll have all the links there there's uh if you you know if there's athletes listening i'm doing a free confidence workshop in at the end of may which mm. is just an hour a day for for five days in a row where we're just going to speak about how to increase your confidence because i think like Basically, everybody kind of wants that. Yeah, um, and you yeah, can do that before you, you can do quickly. You could, you believe you can achieve confidence before you achieve the the outcome, if you know what I mean. Because some people say you need yeah. to do it before you get it. Yeah, yeah, man, you have to. This is what like Michael Jordan, like just look like Muhammad Ali. Those people had the confidence before they had the results. Because if you think you and this is like, let, let us finish maybe with this thought because I think that's a beautiful thought. Is that and clearly on social media and on TV, it does look like that. It's people think that they have to have something first mm. and then they can go and do something and then they be can become somebody. And that's, again, that's what it looks like on TV, social media, but how it really works. And this is gives all the power to you, to me and to everybody else who wants this is how it really works is we close our eyes. We decide who do you want to be? 
then you go out and do and as an end result with a little bit of time lag you will have mm. and so we got to decide to be confident we got to decide what we want we got to decide to be confident first then we go out and act like that and then with time we'll get the results but it's not the other way around because nobody can guarantee that you get the results no, I love it. I love the, the optimistic angle of that as well. It's, it's not predetermined that you can change things. David Karasek, really appreciate your time. Thank you. I know you've got clients, but thank you for joining the podcast. Thanks for having me, Ed. You're a wonderful host, man. Really uplifting and infectious character, David Karasek. There are some cool videos online on his LinkedIn page and YouTube that I've spotted as well. Tribe of Athletes, as he says, the place to go. And certainly someone I think who's made that transition. It's always an area of interest on the podcast from athlete to the post-career. He's connected the dots there. And I think he probably would like to, to rewind and actually know some of the things he knows now about the, the, the I guess, the, the power of the mind. And it's interesting, isn't it? It's hard to refute the suggestion that, if you imagine something, that's the first portal call to bringing it forth. And then you have to obviously take action. I think that's where people have criticized the secret in the past that they feel like you're just sitting around thinking happy thoughts and great things will happen. As David says there, quite rightly, the lessons of sport are that you have to take action. You have to practice. You have to use correct practice. But there's a balance there as well, isn't there? You have to get the rest and recuperation. And it's about focus on what, what is important, put your energy into what is important. So some cool lessons. Hope you enjoyed that from a former Olympic swimmer, David Karasak with his, uh, his input on mindset. He had to go because he had a, a couple of clients coming up. So I appreciate his time this Friday on uh, Friday, May the 14th. Thank you to him. Thank you to you for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, please rate it on iTunes or just mention it to a friend. Always powerful. I think word of mouth stuff. I often listen to podcasts based on friends' recommendations as much as anything else in terms of uh, finding these things because the infinite internet, so many podcasts, over a million, I believe. So anything that you can say to, to point people in this direction, really appreciate. And sometimes friends come back to me who've stumbled across this podcast and say they've started listening, which is really cool as well. Um, but as well, if you want to get in touch with me, Ed Draper 81 on Twitter, Ed underscore Draper, Ed underscore Draper 81 on Instagram and the podcast available on multiple platforms, including Spotify and iTunes as well. So wherever you're listening, if you could rate it, that would be fantastic. Thank you to the sponsors. Big support of my local company, Bang & Olufsen of Cheltenham and Serene AV, specialists in some of the finest home entertainment brands, providing solutions based around high quality customer service and installations. Check out B&O Cheltenham website. B&O Cheltenham, B&O underscore Cheltenham, I believe, on social media, Twitter and Instagram. And I think they have a Facebook presence as well. Get in touch with Jason Briggs and his team for a bespoke quote and consultation about what you might want in terms of a home entertainment system. Not just Bang Olufsen's fine equipment, offer a range of brands through Serene AV2. And for Cytoplan, if you are looking to optimize your immunity, food-based supplement company based in the picturesque village of Hanley Swan, just up the road from here, you can get 30% discount initially. 10% thereafter with the code DRAPER10R, D-R-A-P-E-R, all capital letters, the numerals one zero and the capital letter R. Thank you very much for listening to the podcast, guys. I hope you have a fantastic end of your week on Friday if you're listening to that this then or a great weekend. And let's hope the weather takes a turn for the positive in the UK. And I hope wherever you are in the world in the midst of this pandemic or if you're starting to take those tentative steps out of restrictions as the UK continues to do so, despite the spectre of murmurs of, of Indian variants and things. And I, I just hope that the anxieties over health, finance are maybe alleviating for you. And I hope that this podcast in some ways helps in that process of, of rebounding from whatever you've been through over the past 12 months. So thank you for listening to the podcast. It is very much appreciated. And I'll speak to you again soon. Goodbye for now.